Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. On the line for us right now, we're going to pivot and shift uh, our topics. We're going to be speaking with Mark Morano. He's director and chief correspondent of ClimateDepot.com, a project of the Committee for a Constructive uh, Tomorrow. He's also the communications director at CFACT, a conservative think tank in Washington, D.C. He's also the author of Green Fraud, Why the Green New Deal is Even Worse Than You Think. Uh, welcome to Cats at Night. Mr. Morano, it's uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. Happy to have you on the show. I think your, your thesis... I think your thesis is is just wonderful because everybody's going along with this secular religion called the Green New Deal and climate change, and they're not looking at what the real costs are in terms of uh, the economy and in terms of the ability to be energy independent and jobs being lost. Would you tell us about your book and uh, what your concerns are? Well, my book is about the Green New Deal, green fraud, why the Green New Deal is even worse than you think. And the reason it's worse than you think, by the way, is they've bypassed democracy to impose this green utopian vision. In other words, the Green New Deal was introduced in Congress but never scheduled for hearing, never voted on. They didn't need to because they decided to bypass democracy, go to executive order, make every cabinet agency a climate agency. And also they've done it through funding of the federal government, through environmental and social governance. So the idea here behind the Green New Deal is we have to save the planet and and mandate solar and wind to replace fossil fuels, and we're going to have this wonderful world. It's going to be utopia. Problem is solar and wind produce virtually no energy compared to fossil fuels, and you can look at our U.S. total output. It's about 1% solar, 3% wind power totally produced. If you go back 100 years, fossil fuels powered the global economy 80-plus percent. If you go forward to the current day, fossil fuels power the economy 80-plus percent uh, run by fossil fuels. And so the, the deal here is they want to mandate and force this solar and wind, which makes our grids unreliable, dries up the cost, and does nothing, and I repeat that, does nothing to reduce emissions. And to, even to the extent that Europe or the U.S. could show a reduction all we're doing is offshoring it to other countries by these solar wind mandates. Now, the U.S. has been leading the world in reducing emissions, but we've done it through technological advancements, through fracking, natural gas, replacing coal burning. So, so Mark, when you look at the other 20 percent, what portion of that is not fossil fuels? What portion of that is nuclear? What portion of that is hydropower, which we've had for years? Now, what they'll try to say, now, there's a couple ways of looking at energy. There's total energy production, and then there's electrical energy generation. So among electrical generation, which is what they're trying to do, electrify everything with our grid, uh, you know, they'll try to tell you that I think it's over 20%, 22% or so is renewable. That sounds really impressive until you just mentioned hydro, geothermal, uh, other forms of energy come in. But if you stick with just solar and wind, uh, it's under, I think, 12% or, uh, or 15% max total of the electrical grid. And the problem is one coal plant in Kentucky 
can produce many times more. I think it takes 84, 84 uh, solar workers to produce the same energy as one coal worker. In other words, you can add a little bit of solar, a little bit of wind, especially in areas where it may make sense, maybe in Texas or, uh, or a couple other places offshore if there's enough wind. But, of course, you're going to have the same issues you're going to have with, you know, species disruption, whales, uh, clearing forests and all that for solar panels. But they just, it's not a dense form of energy. So when you're looking at, at the electric nuclear is about 20%, 19%, I think was the last thing I'd seen. Nuclear is amazing because it hasn't, there hasn't been new nuclear plants, but they're able to keep getting more new power out of the old existing plants, which still exist. And you'd think environmentalists would embrace nuclear, but they don't. And they do in Europe in many places. But essentially what they've done is they've increased the cost of our electricity with solar and wind, which only make us, when you do solar and wind, more reliable on China. 90% of our solar panels come from China. More reliable on rare earth mining for their other agenda, including electric cars for the making of solar panels, but also a lot of other, also a lot of other electronics. So what happens here is it's making us more dependent on other countries, Biden begging Venezuela, Biden begging OPEC for more oil because he doesn't want to produce it he doesn't want to produce it domestically because it's a uh, it would violate the Green New Deal standards. So we end up offshoring our energy. We end up hurting Americans. We end up doing nothing for the climate because at the end of the day, the weather is not going to change because of anything we're doing with solar and wind. And that's where you get into the fantastical utopian claims. Somehow you'll have, you'll have administration officials say with a straight face, you know, we, these hurricanes are bad. That's why we need solar and wind, as though putting up a solar panel on your roof is going to make hurricanes less severe. And on that on that point, this is important, floods, hurricanes, tornadoes, droughts, wildfires, there's either no trend or declining trend in terms of frequency and intensity on climate timescales. And particularly things like hurricanes, tornadoes, I mean, there's been big drops. Uh, you know, the most active era for hurricanes was the 1940s. The most you know, biggest tornadoes, uh, we've had a big drop in F3 and larger tornadoes since the 1950s. So this has been an amazing thing to watch. It's a big, uh, essentially a big shuffle, uh, our entire energy system, based on a climate premise that even if we face the climate catastrophe they claim, nothing they propose would even impact the temperature or the storms, let or even uh, global emissions of CO2 because they Mark, keep going up because all Mark, we're doing is relying on countries. Yeah. When, when you have a chance, this is John Katzmatidis, and and uh, I've been saying that all along. And I have a scientist on on Sunday on my show, the Katz Roundtable, and uh, we talk about the uh, that. And I believe, by the way, that we should take care of our climate, but we shouldn't lose jobs and we shouldn't panic over our climate. Uh, you know, uh, the the Earth is four billion years old and is constantly adjusting itself. Whoever our creator was, God, who created the Earth, has created the Earth, and for four billion years it has been adjusting itself. And the the, the number one influence on the planet Earth is the sun, and we have zero control over the sun, zero control. Mm-hmm. So all this stuff with fossil fuels, how did the previous president say it? It's a lot of crap. Okay, not that we should not that we should pollute, not that we should intentionally do things against the earth, but the earth and and the purpose. You know what the purpose of hurricanes are? The purpose of hurricanes are if the climate is hotter than God 
or our creator wanted it to be. It cools it down to bring it down to the temperature uh, that is needed. The other thing that's going to be interesting on Sun, uh, Cats Roundtable this weekend, the the clock was slowing up. We lost like X amount of seconds over the last um, Earth's rotation over the last uh, few years. And guess what? The Earth has reversed itself, and it's adjusting for that. The other big problem is that uh, uh, the uh, um, what it was the North Pole, the magnetic North Pole, is moving 500 feet per year. Hmm. So, what does that mean? We really don't know yet. But I'm a pilot. And runway 18 in certain uh, 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 airports is now runway 19. Hmm. So there's things happening, but the the sun is controlling it. It's not really us. And I apologize for jumping in. This is your show. This is your interview. Please keep going. I just also wanted to ask you, Mark Morano. No, no, no. Let me tell you. I just came in. Oh, I wanted to ask you a question. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Mark. The Earth, our atmosphere is one of the most complex, nonlinear systems known to man. And the idea that we can just look at it and say, oh, CO2 is the control knob of the climate is laughable. In fact, in my chapter, I think it's chapter three of my book, I I call it the science chapter. I have the foremost experts from uh, Will Happer from Princeton University, considered the expert on the greenhouse gas effect, literally talk about how geologically speaking, the Earth is in a CO2 famine right now. In other words, 80%, 90% actually of of the history of the Earth geologically has been uh, uh, warmer than today with Lower levels of higher levels of CO2. Is this a Princeton professor professor saying that? Dr. Will Happer, yes. Wow. And now retired. But we are now in the 10% coldest geologically speaking, and we're also in the 10% lowest carbon dioxide speaking. But there's many factors ocean cycles, tilt of the Earth's axis, clouds, water vapor, meth. All of these things interact, including, of course, as you mentioned, the sun. But the other thing you mentioned is important to note is the United States is among the leaders for clean air in the world. And this is according to the World Health Organization. We've also, since the first Earth Day, when our environmental awareness was raised, have radically cleaned up our air, water, rivers, and improved environment across the board, including endangered species, by the way. We now know how to protect species. Uh, At the same time we did all that, we did it with massive economic growth, massive population expansion. So the idea that we are, like, destroying the Earth, at least the United States, is not even close to being true. We are the model for the world. Even the World Health Organization recognizes our environmental gains. Thank you so much, Mark Morano, again, of ClimateDepot.com. We look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you, sir. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.